Welcome to The Prevention Perspective, a podcast dedicated to sharing information, ideas, and resources about violence prevention work. The topics discussed in this podcast, including healthy relationships, prevention practices, and dating or sexual violence can be difficult, and we urge you to listen with care. Our hosts are not licensed counselors or mental health professionals. If you or someone you care about have experienced domestic, dating, or sexual violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. You can also find more resources in the description of this podcast. Tuesday, folks, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Prevention Perspective podcast. I am your host, Kara Woodard, recording on the traditional lands of the Bannock and Shoshone tribes here in Boise, Idaho. On today's episode, we are going to be having a conversation about the power of peer engagement and prevention efforts across college campuses. This fall, WCA is lucky enough to have several interns from Boise State University. They work closely with our outreach department, so that would be the outreach specialist and outreach coordinator, Emily and Sandra, who were on last week's episode. I am so excited that two of these interns, Allie and Grace, are going to be today's guests, and we're just going to have a conversation about what prevention efforts look like in regards to college campuses and why it's so important to be having these conversations about healthy relationships and reducing dating violence and sexual assaults in order to build um, stronger and healthier communities on a larger scale, both on the campus and beyond. So what we know is that sexual assault is pervasive on college campuses across the country. About one in five female identifying students and one in 13 male identifying students will experience sexual assault during their college career. These statistics represent the population of students who choose to report their assault, and we recognize that many assaults go unreported. This signals an alarming trend and a need to focus prevention efforts on college campuses. I'm so eager to hear first Grace and Allie's perspective on how college students can be advocates for change within their communities and through continued efforts and conversations, really challenge the norms, beliefs, and practices that allow sexual assault and dating violence to be pervasive on college campuses. All right. Thanks, Grace, for agreeing to be on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks. So just super quickly, tell us about yourself and just your role as an intern here. Okay, yeah. So I started as an intern this August um, for the Outreach Communication Department here at the WCA, and it's been such an eye-opening and, like, incredible experience. I'm so lucky that I got to do this, and I've been doing some social media stuff and helping out with some PR campaigns, so it's been really fun. Nice. And you're a student at BSU, right? Yes, I am. I'm a senior this year. I'll be graduating in May with a degree in communications and a certificate in public relations. Oh, so cool. And how'd you come to be an intern here at WCA? How'd you find out about it or just what drew you here? Yeah, I was in a public speaking class last semester and one of the girls that was in my group had been an intern here previously. So she connected me with the supervisor at Boise State who connects with Chris and I got in touch with him and was able to have an interview and get the internship. So that was really awesome. That's incredible. Do you feel like your work at WCA or just 
being like immersed in this space and all you've gotten to learn everything has given you a new lens to view sexual assault on college campuses or kind of contextualize maybe things you're hearing things you're seeing kind of what that looks like yeah absolutely it's been such like an eye-opening experience I've never really done anything like this and getting to learn and kind of grow um, and learn about you know sexual assault and how that affects people in different ways and just learning things that I never knew before um, Mm -hmm. has been a growing experience for me and I've been able to kind of connect with Boise State and bring a little bit of awareness um, to our campus because I don't feel like there's enough talk about it um, because Boise State is a super safe campus, but it's happening on every campus all over the U.S. So no campus is immune and it's great to kind of be aware even more than I already was. Yeah, 100%. And I'm not sure what it was like for you as like an incoming freshman yeah. or like what continual like ed there is. But I remember like being a freshman is more mm-hmm. of just like don't drink a ton, like buddy system it up, yeah. like be careful to your whiff. And it was a lot of like victim blaming techniques and less of like prevention and so I'm not sure like that's how you feel as well. That's how it was when I was a freshman and I'm not sure how it's changed as time has gone on because there has been a lot of progression with that Mm. since 2018 but I don't know what their protocol is for that now when I was a freshman it was very similar we did a online um, course on sexual assault and it was Mm. very much as you said, kind of victim blamey and just talked about, you know, don't drink too much, don't go out alone, bring pepper spray, which is like, I think we need to be focusing on other areas of how you can prevent sexual assault on campus rather than just putting it all on um, the survivor or victim. Right. 100%. And kind of like going off that, like, what efforts would you recommend that like they do instead or do you have any ideas of things yeah, that would be absolutely better? i um some of my friends are orientation leaders and i've talked to them about you know if they ever talk about that at orientation it doesn't sound like they do so i think mm. it would be great to you know have all those freshmen in a room and maybe bring some from the wca or faces of hope to come talk to them because i think sometimes when there's somebody in front of you talking about these things as a freshman Sometimes it's hard to take things seriously because you're you know, just out of high school. But I think that would be really beneficial and a good way to get everyone to listen and focus in even for just a couple of minutes. Yeah, I totally agree. And even thinking like, A, having like a professional in the picture. So it's not mm-hmm. just someone from your health center who right. you've seen before and you're like, or like a peer, but someone who like is immersed in the issue, knows about it, but also like connecting you like with resources as well, where it's like, absolutely, hey, yeah. we're going to learn a really a lot of really cool stuff, but also yeah. like for WCA, have you heard mm-hmm. of us? If not, we're in the area and like, we definitely can support yeah. y'all. I think that would be great because I didn't know about the WCA until my sophomore year. Mm. Um, so freshman year, which was the year that I probably really needed it, I didn't even know about it. So I think they'd do a bit better of a job just letting students know that we are here and we are a resource for students if they need it. Yeah, awesome. And I think you speak really well about the value of using our different networks and areas of involvement as an entryway to conversation. You know, like, yes, at orientation, it would be so great and influential to have conversations about this, but also speaking about your internship, I'm sure has opened up a lot of opportunities to introduce people to WCA and just serving as, you know, a gateway to a conversation about why our work and your job here is so important. So thinking about like in the school community, whether it be on campus or just in your different like campus organizations or friend groups, like what need do you see for prevention efforts or for like a different dialogue about sexual assault and dating violence? I think there needs to just be more open and honest conversation about what's going on on campuses, what's going on in friend groups, 
what's going on everywhere because I feel as though sometimes even college students can be very victim blamey and it's because of a lack of knowledge. That's really kind of what I think is the root of it. And I think when you get educated about sexual assault and the effects of it and, you know, all of that, I think it becomes a way to change the narrative. And the more students that become educated and can do that, the more that will spread and hopefully be able to kind of change the culture that I still see to this day on campus. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. Like it's just creating a culture of openness mm-hmm. and thinking, how do we get students more involved with this? Yeah. And maybe as like student representatives through like right. a gender equity center or the health right. center, but even just like prompting those conversations on campus where mm-hmm. it's, you know, the same as like tabling at the library and things right, like exactly. your department does. Exactly. Just starting a conversation. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I know sometimes like on college campuses, we kind of see like rape culture or just mm-hmm. like a, di- a really interesting sort of like culture around like violence and like relationship yeah. abuse. Do you yeah. feel that like there's a presence of that at BSU or not something that's super out in the open? Yeah, I can't speak for obviously every student at BSU, but I can speak for what I've experienced and what my friends have experienced. I think there's a really big issue in kind of emotionally abusive relationships, mm-hmm. at least with a lot of my female friends, because they don't know what they're experiencing or that it even is abuse mm. because I think there's a lot of misconception on what emotional abuse really is, um, which I didn't even know until I started working here. Being someone who was in an emotionally abusive relationship, it's really hard to know the signs when you're in it. Mm. Um, and I think also the culture of the way that men my age talk about women is astounding and horrifying. And when they think that you're not in the room and you hear what they're saying, that's an issue. And it's like that locker room banter talk that they think is okay when they don't think any women are listening. Mm, Oh, 100%. And yeah, even knowing that like dating abuse like does go both ways, but there's a lot about like toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. and the ways that like men are socialized to connect with other men and talk about women that is really harmful. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. It sounds like you speak to the need about there being like more bystander intervention trainings about how to talk about sexual assault and violence within our friend groups and on campus. Do you think that would be helpful? And even just knowing how to like talk to our friends about like their relationship and maybe we're seeing emotionally abusive things or kind of like if we're noticing it in other folks, like knowing how to support them and knowing what to say and how to pinpoint signs and red flags do you think that would be helpful on this on college campuses across the country or like on yours yeah absolutely i think that would be so beneficial even like with zoom being kind of a prevalent thing now having trainings for students that they could go to it doesn't have to be forced but even for people that want to go to them would be a great way to start because i think it's really hard to help somebody when you don't have the knowledge and you're not sure how to help them i wish that i had um worked here before this year because I had a close friend that was in an emotionally abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and the knowledge that I have now would have helped me navigate that situation so much better than I did at the time because I didn't know what to do. Mm, For sure. Well, thank you so much, Grace, for your time and insight. We really appreciate you having you on the show. If you know a teen or young adult in your life, they need to know about Love is Respect. Love is Respect offers 24-7 information, support, and advocacy to young people between the ages of 13 and 26 who have questions or concerns about their romantic relationships. 
They also provide support to concerned friends and family members, teachers, counselors, and other service providers through the same free and confidential services via phone, text, and live chat. Love is Respect aims to be a safe and inclusive space for young people to access help and information in a setting specifically for them. They provide comprehensive education through resources including quizzes, interactive pages, and testimonials, as well as training, toolkits, and curriculum for educators, peers, and parents to promote healthy relationships and prevent future abuse. Visit loveisrespect.org to find all of these resources and more. All right. Big shout out to Grace for coming on the podcast and giving her perspective. Unfortunately, Allie and I weren't able to meet in person, but we were able to still have a conversation over Zoom. So without further ado, here's a recording of our conversation. All right, cool. Hey, Allie, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you again for agreeing to be a guest on the podcast. I'm excited. Yeah, of course. Me too. So can you tell us about yourself and your role as an intern? Yeah, so my name's Allie. Um, I'm uh, currently a junior at Boise State, and um, I'm interning at the WCA this semester. Um, I'm part of, like, the communications uh, team, I guess you could say. And um, a few projects I've been working on is I've done a lot of social media stuff. So I've um, worked on some flyers for clinical services for the WCA, um, and I've also worked on uh, social media postings, um, and, uh, as well as trying to think, uh, I did a social media calendar for 2022 also, uh, that I've been working on. So yeah, those are like some of the bigger projects that I've done, but yeah. Yeah. So cool. How did you find out about WCA and the intern program? Like, it seems like a really cool opportunity and I'm not sure when I was in college, if I knew about opportunities like this. So I'm curious. Yeah, so luckily with my major, um, we have um, an internship coordinator um, because as part of our credits to graduate, we actually have to um, do an internship. Um, And so he sends out weekly internship updates um, every week um, via email. And so that's how I heard about this one uh, was one of his emails that he sent out saying that you guys were looking for um, interns. So, yeah. Nice. Had you had like much experience working or I guess like volunteering like in this kind of capacity, like or volunteering with like domestic abuse, sexual assault nonprofits, or is this uncharted territory for you? This is pretty uncharted territory. I've had experience working with nonprofits before, but not in this um area, I guess if that makes sense. I haven't ever worked uh with an organization that focuses on um domestic violence and sexual assault. So Nice. I'm sure you're learning a ton. Like it's just been so informative. Yeah. I've learned a lot. (laughs) How has, or how would you say like duties as like a communications intern aside, like how has your role as an intern, like either like informed or helped like you reevaluate like your understanding of violence and, you know, interpersonal violence in the Treasure Valley area? Yeah. I feel like going into it, I kind of knew about, um, domestic violence and sexual assault kind of as a whole, but when it came to like the nitty gritty parts of it, I didn't really understand it and was um, like somewhat ignorant of the whole um, situation in general. And so I feel like um, after being an intern here, 
um, I've really learned um, about sexual assault and domestic violence like uh, more closely and um, the cycles and the characteristics that can kind of play into these. Um, and then as far as like the Treasure Valley goes, I wasn't really aware of everything that goes on in the Treasure Valley and how many like calls we get and how many people we help. Um, so that was really eye-opening to me. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think you're alone in, you know, not having a ton of knowledge about like what you were saying, like the cycles of violence and patterns of control. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like it's something we talk about a lot, like in our education or schools or small groups. Um, do you feel like you could say like that about your peers as well? Like it's something that you feel is just not talked about a ton or that, you know, we just don't have a big knowledge base about. Yeah, I feel like people know about it and know that it happens, but they don't know how to talk about it. It's kind of like one of those subjects that it's like kind of awkward to talk about because you don't know how to bring it up and you also don't want to say something wrong. And so I think people just kind of avoid it, even though everyone knows what's happened, like knows that it happens. Um, And I'm sure like a lot of my friends have experienced it or like sexual assault or domestic violence. And I don't even know that just because it's so untalked about. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, for sure. And we talked like in our conversation with Grace about this as well. Like there just being a need to like know how to scaffold these conversations and like even having like the space and the knowledge and like the openness to like be willing to like learn and be vulnerable and having these like with our peers, with our small groups and in our different networks that like, right now we're working towards, but like, we're not quite there yet. Like that's been a barrier she thinks for like young folks. Yeah. It's definitely something that needs to be talked about more. And I think uh, the more we talk about it, the more people will get more comfortable talking about it, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, I think it's just a matter of people feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. Yeah. And yeah, I think I like turning that question back around to you thinking like, how would you recommend like going about like making this more commonplace or I guess like normalizing these sort of discussions within our different networks and small groups, like on college campuses specifically, like what, like would that look like to you? Um, I mean, I think it's really important for um, like student body or uh, like professors to talk about it um, because I think a lot of time as students, we feel uncomfortable to talk about it, especially um, with people who have like a higher power over us, like professors or Um, other people at the university so I think if um, those people who are considered to be um, like higher up at the university if they talk about it and they initiate the conversation then I think it will kind of start to um, like it's like a pyramid I feel like like if people talk about it up here then everyone else is going to start talking about it and feel more comfortable about it so Mm-hmm. Right. Like seeing people with influence be the ones to like initiate that. Yeah. Do you feel like that would go for student led groups as well? Like clubs, Greek life, anything of that sort, sports teams? Yeah, I think especially Greek life and sports teams, because um, you always hear about sexual assault happening um, within Greek life and within um, even athletics, um, like people getting hazed or people getting taken advantage of. And so I think if um, those people were to talk about it and address the problem, it could be um, very impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And it kind of sounds like 
within like those institutions, like we were saying that a lot of like practices, rituals, and just like discussions around like violence and like violence, you know, activities is so commonplace where it sounds like we need to totally kind of rethink like those presences in those like institutions that are like really incredible and provide a lot of services and opportunities for growth. Like it's such a shame that like, you know, like quote unquote locker room talk and hazing and violence like has a place there. Like that's really discouraging. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we kind of touched on this very briefly, but thinking like what need do you see like for these kind of conversations on your, on your campus specifically, or like within your individual circles um, thinking about like, dating abuse, healthy relationships, kind of like what red flags and manipulation, like what needs do you see to have like these kind of conversations on your campus? Um, I think it's important to have these conversations, but I also think um, it should be addressed that like a lot of sexual assault happens with people that you know, um, because I think it's a very common misunderstanding that like Uh, sexual assault happens with strangers or like I mean that happens but it's way more likely that um, someone you know is going to sexually assault you and I think that's something that should be more talked about Um, not to scare people but just to make them aware that just because this person was your friend doesn't mean that what they did wasn't wrong Um, because I think that's something that happens a lot where people think well they're my friend so you know, they would never do something to hurt me, but that's not always the case. So. Mm. Yeah. Like noticing that abuse happens in many different forms, not just physical. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a solid understanding like on college campuses or like to your experience within college age folks about the different types of like abuse and manipulation, or does the dialogue seem very like centered around like sexual abuse, sexual violence, um, unless like the emotional manipulation side. Um, I feel like when it's talked about, it's usually talked about um, in the scope of like sexual violence and not necessarily like emotional trauma and stuff like that. Um, But I also do think that people understand um, emotional abuse. However, like with social media and stuff, I feel like and like there's just all these stigmas on social media and like within the society today that I feel like emotional abuse has kind of been put on a back burner mm-hmm. uh, in a way. Um, and instead of saying it's an emotional abuse, like you're labeled as being just a crazy girlfriend or boyfriend. Um, and so I think it's not talked about quite as much and it's not really addressed quite as much just because people don't see it as severe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I'm curious as well, thinking like how like increased technology and like the presence on like apps like TikTok, Instagram, like how that really impacts young people's perceptions of violence or healthy relationships. Thinking that, you know, um, like while sexual assault and dating violence is pretty prevalent on college campuses, you know, like one in five women will be sexually assaulted or harassed um, during undergrad years and one in 13 men. Um, and while that's pretty daunting and the whole scope of the issue is large, you know, we each have influence over our own little circles and pockets um, with different clubs, friend groups, jobs, whatnot. What advice would you give to someone trying to like initiate these conversations within their circles? Or like, how do you think we can use our influence as college age folks on campus to really prevent sexual assault and violence from happening? Yeah, I think um, just as being uh, a student on campus, I think it's super important to talk about it and keep talking about it and kind of normalize the conversation. Um, And also to reach out to 
anyone in your life um, just on a daily basis, um, just to make sure everything's all good. I mean, I know I personally try to do that. And also I would hope that that builds like a trusting relationship between me and my peers. So if they feel like they need to come to someone, they could come to me from there. You know, I, because of my internship at the WCA, I do have the ability to like give them resources or anyone resources if they need it, um, which is super valuable. Yeah, that would be uh, my takeaway. And my advice for anyone else would be kind of to do the same thing to keep talking about it um, and create a safe place for you and your friends and your peers um, to talk about. Totally. And you reminded me of something we literally just talked about in one of our groups today. The whole lesson was on supporting a friend and how to support someone when they're maybe in a relationship that seems abusive or unhealthy. And a lot of the foundation for that was just like having a trusting, open relationship, letting them know you're there to like listen, support. It's pretty common for them to isolate um, their partner from their support networks, their other friends and avenues for social connection. And so, you know, like being a supportive friend oftentimes is reaching out and inviting them to other plans and being like a trusting person, like building that relationship. So that way, like you can begin to have this conversation. So I think you said it all when he's like, oh, like trust is like the foundation for this. It's something like we all need in our friendships, but also makes having these difficult conversations so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you so much, um, Allie. I really appreciate talking to you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Prevention Perspective. Again, if you or someone you know has experienced domestic, dating, or sexual violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. Or you can call the WCA's 24-hour hotline at 208-343-7025. Don't forget to follow us on social media at WCA underscore Boise and WCA Youth Reps. If you have any suggestions for topics you would like us to cover or get more information about anything you heard on today's episode, contact us through the email provided in the description of the podcast.